We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Carlo Navas, and with me today, reality check master Tiffany Meeks. Hey. Chat's digging Let's you. Let's go. Chat's happy. Everybody's oh, thank happy. you. I'm glad to be here. Back. I'm glad to be back with you. We're, we're good. We have tons to talk about today. We got uh, Chat's mad saying Riley fell asleep at the wheel. Um, <laughs> Pride by Pack says, my Heat Beat family getting nervous hearing run it back too many times i don't know who's saying run it back certainly not tiff and i <laughs> you're not going to hear run it back from us um but obviously guys by the way let me let me thank you guys for uh what you guys did during um during pride uh this week you guys came out really strong our donation link by the way is still live it's in chat i'll put it in the pod description as well, we raised almost $2,500 in one night with several auctions, including uh, what I think most Heat fans would want is the Dan Levitard experience. You get to meet the shipping container, tour the studios on South Beach, and sit in on an episode of the Mystery Crate podcast and be a part of it. You know, a little, give you a little shout out. You could be a part of maybe the biggest uh, sports media conglomerate around and, and truly the most Miami thing around other than us, of course. So... Uh, you know, be on the lookout for that on our eBay, on our Twitter page at MIA Heatbeat on Twitter, and the donation link is still live for anybody who wants to contribute to uh, to the One Pulse Foundation. They partner with us, and we are matching up to two thousand dollars to Pride for Youth as well, which is a great charity that that Tiff introduces to up in up in New York. So, uh, you know, guys, thank you so much for that support. And as we transition into basketball, Tiff, so Jeremy Grant yes. goes. 
Jeremy Grant goes for like a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> right, uh, right. Goes to Portland. Congrats to Dame, I guess. What was like? I think he fans were like really upset because they really wanted him. I think you and I were pretty chill about the whole thing. Yeah. First of all, there's like two tweets to kind of flush out the trade. And I'll be honest, I wasn't reading all that. Congratulations to Dame or sorry for your loss, Dame. Um, I think Pat was in the car. I just don't think he was. I, I just think he was just driving. Didn't miss his exit. I don't think he Didn't fell asleep at the wheel. I think he was just test driving it to see what it looked like. Um, I mean, Jeremy Grant, he's a nice young piece, but I would, I would assume if you didn't jump on that, you got your head out the window in a different direction. Absolutely. That's what I think. I also think that like, I mean, Portland really got like draft equity, a better Mm -hmm. about like the same draft equity, a better pick really. And a future pick than they would have gotten from Miami and they don't have to take money back in Duncan, which I think for a team that has been in salary cap hell for a long time, it's convenient. And I think people have to understand something about Miami that's different than a lot of teams. When other teams are over the cap, it's more complicated for them because they're not a destination where Jimmy Butler says, I want to go to Portland. That doesn't happen. Like, you know, these stars don't want to go to these middle markets a lot of the time. Miami is one. So Miami gets to trade for these guys often, right? Because these stars have like a lot of control over where they go. So for Miami to have a contract like Duncan and Portland to have a contract like Duncan, it, it's it's very different. And right. every team has to approach team building in the way that is best for them. So I think for Miami, you know, it made sense to... And, and by the way, I think with Grant Tiff... Mm-hmm. he's more movable than Duncan. So even if I didn't like the on-court fit very much, you could just like right. flip him and repackage him. So I'm sure right. there was an interest, but at the end of the day, I think mean, Portland really made out really good. And so did Detroit. Um, you know, if they were going to move off of Jeremy Grant, I think that that's probably the best they could do. Right. No, I agree. I also, like I said, I liked him, but like my needle wasn't moving for him. Like, I don't know seeing where this team was last year and what they needed, I don't know if he was that piece that's missing. Like, I can't look at him and go, oh, he could be it. We need one like, of those. I, right. Like, I look at him and go, we need him and, you know, that's that's how I looked at it. Like, I would, I, I would have welcomed him in combination with someone else. So for me, Tiff, they their problem last season was their half court offense. Cause I think their defense, even through through everything, their defense was awesome. Even mm-hmm. in the conference final, they would have moments where it would kind of look a little 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 suspect, but they would always right the ship. And defensively, right. I thought that they were fine. Their offense was really where they struggled. I don't mm-hmm. think Jeremy's an upgrade over PJ defensively. And if you're playing Jeremy, I, I think playing Jeremy, PJ, Bam, and Jimmy is just a, a tall ask for your offense in that kind of spacing because Jeremy's mm-hmm. not the best like spot of shooter. And if you're replacing PJ with Jeremy, which is a possibility, I like the move more, but I think you get a little worse defensively and you're only getting like marginally better offensively, even though Grant is like a better player than PJ Tucker, like, you know, quote unquote. So I wasn't like in love with the fit. And I think that fans 
just wanted a move with a name to make them feel better that the front office right. is doing something. But sometimes it's the moves you don't make and you don't have to kind of compromise your asset trove, you know, to do something right now. Right, right. No, I, I agree. I Like I said, I think um, if, if, you know, Detroit was willing and, and the Heat didn't have to come up off of picks or go too far into the cupboard just to get him, who knows? Maybe they would have, maybe the Heat would have taken him. But I just think that for what they look like in the crunch time, I so much would rather have a dynamic guard. Just and a he, scorer from the perimeter, a, I think. Yeah, but I, you know, but in most times that's a guard. You know, like if, if you look around the league right now, mostly that's 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 a guard that's shaping up, that's going to get downhill, can, you know, shoot from all areas of the floor, who can also just take I think for me with him just being the only one why I just thought it would be okay. I didn't see him taking the offensive load off of Jimmy on a Tuesday night. So I didn't see that. But him in combination with someone else, maybe that works. So I'm with you. I kind of think I'd like them to get a little scoring off the wings, right? Like kind of that 3-4 spot, like a perimeter-oriented guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like of that mold, just because I think theoretically you want Tyler to become that dynamic wing scorer. And I think Tyler fits the bill. I think he'll keep getting better. He's not, I know, exactly what we're looking for, but... I think they need a little – they're very thin at wing. I mean, it was really right. Jimmy, PJ, and no one else. So I kind of wanted like a score at that spot because I think they're pretty mm -hmm. deep at guard with Gabe, Tyler, Kyle, Max, all these guys like Duncan if he stays. You know, they have a they have plenty of those guys. So Right. No, I agree. I think um, it's interesting. They have – while there seems like they're, they're, the market is open for business – they just have a lot of decisions to make about what's in their cupboard before they start shopping. Bless you. I, I think um I think it's pretty clear. Like they're shopping Duncan the pick. Oh no, I don't mean like they're shopping Duncan. I'm saying like before they go buy the groceries. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. No, okay. and I, I think that this is like an uh, a case of I mean, honestly, like if they flip Duncan I mean, essentially, like, we have to remember the way Duncan was signed. Duncan was signed as an over-the-cap player. So if they, right. they either signed him for a lot of money or they lost him for nothing. If they were to flip Duncan for Jeremy Grant and 2023 you know, three cap space, that's a fucking win considering that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, And that's why you right. sign players like him so that you can do moves like that. And while fans right. may say, I think that's an overpay. And I think that, like, they're right. Like, I think free agency, you always overpay for dudes. You know what I mean? Right. Unless right. it's, like, LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard or whatever. I mean, Jimmy Butler's going to be an overpay eventually. But, you know, you right, you know, right now, now, now he ain't. You know, Kyle's an overpay, but you you right. overpay for a guy because you're in a, a win now window. You know, Bam was right. probably an overpay as well, but he was an underpay on his rookie contract. So right. it all kind of evens out. Tiff, their draft is tomorrow. I would imagine they, they don't. Do you think they keep the pick or do you think they use the pick? I, I, I said in the chat earlier, I feel like one or two things will happen. They'll move back. Or they'll draft a player for someone else. Mm. I just, while we know like they're very good in uh, when it comes to development, <sighs> developing players. Bless you. Thank you. Um, we know that we know they're very good 
when it comes to developing players. But the thing is, do they want to the, draft someone now and stash him away and let him, you know, be a developmental project right now while they're so close to being where they really want to be? They, it's kind of like the Warriors in a way where like they really have to, and they do a good job of kind of splitting the baby of how many young mm-hmm. guys do we want to give chances to right. versus how right. many veterans do we want on the floor? Cause like, look, Kaminga did not, Kaminga was really good for them in the regular season. Didn't get a ton of important minutes in the playoffs. Right. Otto, you know, that's a vet that you trust in big mm-hmm. moments and stuff like that. So I think sometimes these young guys get you through the season I and mean, listen, credit to guys like Gabe. Right. Played right. big minutes for them. Max right. paid big minutes for them. You know, Tyler and Duncan during their finals run played huge minutes for them. So I think that Miami does a good job of kind of splitting the baby on that. And, you know, as Kevin Arnovitz says, you know, grown man, grown men win championships. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think too. Yeah. If you look at it, like summer league is around the corner. Like they have some young guys that are going to be playing in summer league that if we're saying, let's, you know, call up some young talent to kind of get us through a dog, you know, a couple of dog days. They're right there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I think for me, that's where I'm leaning. Like, if you if you say you want to give some time to uh, Highsmith, Yurt, if you're going to call up Harry Potter for a little bit to see what he can give Your you. My boy. My boy. I've been waiting. So I feel like um, uh, Smart, we still have Smart, right? I believe so, yeah. Javante. Yeah, so it's like, right, if you want to give some of these guys some run, I feel like they're in-house. Unless you see someone just drop, that you've had your eye on, you know, for the last couple of weeks, because then it's kind of like he, we had him on our board. There's no way he's going to fall. And all of a sudden he's in your lap. Then, yeah, you got to get that guy. But I don't know. I just kind of feel like if they are going to add someone, you got to add someone. You can't, you can't, you can't run it back. Um, not that I don't love these guys, but you need to add. Or change it up. You need fresh blood and you need points on the, or change it up. But you need fresh blood and points on the board. Yeah. Um so you got you gotta do something. So if if you can play around with those four guys that you got that'll be showing off in summer league, I kinda feel like you, you run with that and you try to add. I kinda think that they're also not gonna overreact because I think they know how close they were. And 
you know, they were a shot away, right? And, and they're not, they weren't just a shot away. They were a shot away a season removed from making the finals, right? So they are, they know that they're good and they know whatever they do is around the margins. And if they can swing big for a piece like Beal or something, mm-hmm. you know that they will if that becomes available. Or like Grant, you know, we saw them kind of get in the mix. When really they have a really shitty pick and a and a guy who didn't play a lot of minutes who's on a lot of money, right? right. So right. you know, they, they they get in the room, right? And I mean I think the Lamarcus Aldridge in two thousand twelve is like one of the funniest or two thousand fifteen, whatever the hell that was, when they didn't have any money and Lamarcus Aldridge took a meeting with them. Because that's how right. they are. You know what I mean? So not that they'll get everybody, but they'll get in the room, they kinda do what they have to. And I, I think fans ha- have to be patient and don't don't just do stuff to do stuff because that typically doesn't go well. And we saw what right. doing stuff to do stuff happened in the summer where they, they swung out on Gordon Hayward and everyone right. got mad. Right. So let's not there. They've learned from their mistakes and I think they know how good they are and what they need. The offense. Right. Certainly. I, I think Tiff, we're in total agreement. The offense needs some, of some fixing or a little bit of juice, a little bit of mix up PJ, obviously, was really good for them and and he's a question mark going forward. Mm-hmm. What do you make of that by the way? What do you make of the the PJ I mean, to, to Philly rumors? It's not I mean, him going to Philly has has not been established, but the interest it's there. I mean, you you look at the breadcrumbs. Maury, Harden. Harden uh-huh, the, it's it's there. I think um I mean, obviously, I'd like to have PJ back. Like that's a that's a no brainer. But I think, I think more importantly, they have to they just got to find a way to put points on the board. So if you can find a way to get someone that can put points on the board while keeping PJ, that's your Christmas right there. That ticket's Duncan. I mean, the ticket's Duncan mm-hmm. and and whatever. I mean, a future pick right. or the pick now. I think they'd rather move the pick now because they know that the pick now is not very good. And I'm sure they exactly. And I think there's been reporting that they've been like mostly scouting in the second round anyway. So it's Mm -hmm. like they're kind of operating like what you said, either moving back or just, you know, not not even using the pick, which is super. Riston Riley said it. I think you Riley has been on record and saying, I think you only need one draft pick every other year. Right. To build a team. And. I got to lie. He's largely been kind of right. So at least for his team, you know, not every team can operate like him, but. Uh, I also think like we have to like there's a lot of names floating around who might want to trade or, you know, who free agents and all these things. But like I I love just kind of like playing around with all these names just because they're big names and mm-hmm. why wouldn't we want to have fun? But I'm also a will he fit kind of person because sometimes it just doesn't work. And if you look at the the crux of the team who you know will remain they're not the easiest guys to play with and i don't mean on the court i just mean personality wise and all these things all those things matter when you're trying to like create this team that can go you know that can make a deep playoff run so you know while we're enamored with all these names we still have to be realistic and think will this work with jimmy and bam i think like well the, the other the other part of this is that like you am i getting roasted in the chat for saying that no uh <laughs> oh, okay no i was trying to mute somebody who's just kind of oh, okay. in control that's why i stopped for a second but the the thing with um 
you you said just like off the court stuff. I even think on the court they're not like a difficult pick, uh, like a difficult like they're they're kind of like a difficult duo to play with just because they don't shoot. Right. So right. that was my thing with Grant, and I think you got to be. They run a very fine line because they have a lot of. I don't want to call them one-dimensional players, but a lot of they have a lot of guys with a lot of holes, and they mm-hmm. run a very fine line to cover that. Tyler obviously helps their offense and their shooting, but his defense is you know not good. Jimmy Bam non-shooters, you know stuff like that. So when you add another non-shooter to the mix, right. that makes it difficult. But you also need that guy to defend. And stuff like that. So you, mm-hmm. you have to balance this line, which I think they've done really, really well. But that's like why a guy like Jeremy Grant, I don't really love, or a guy or another big man who's like not the best shooter or like not the best defender. Because I think that, again, they, they walk a really fine line because of the construction. They have a, Jimmy and Bam are like a weird fit together. This is my, <laughs> uh, you know, they're two non shoot. Your two stars are non shooting stars, and they right. both are a little pass happy. So, right. you know, you really got to work around those parameters. And I think they have. I mean, they're obviously like a really good basketball team. But I think those are the things you got to keep in mind when you look at the offseason. Tiff, I want to get your thoughts on one thing because we're going to do kind of a short show today. Okay. Another- and I have one question for you before we get out oh, of here. Of course, yeah. No, let, let, do you want to do hit that first? Yep. Let's do it. So somebody uh, posed this to me, and I want to I bring it to you. Mm-hmm. What if... And and I, let's not talk about the numbers and how we can make it work. It's just a flat-out question. What if you had to trade number seven to get Harry B? Number seven? Mm-hmm. Kyle? No, I, I, well, mm-hmm. I mean, like that hypothetical. I don't really think. Yeah. I think. Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically. Don't like, so just don't, yes. don't even just make how that doesn't don't, make sense. Yep. Um, I think it's certainly interesting. I think Kyle, I think they give you different things. I think Harrison gives you a kind of scoring punch from the wing that mm-hmm. you don't have. And I think he'll help them um, shoot better. Like he's just a spot up shooter, not like a movement shooter, which I think helps Jimmy and Bam. The thing with Kyle that you lose is kind of the playmaking and having Jimmy off the ball. So I would probably say I would rather have Kyle. Then, then do that swap just because I think we saw how good they looked when everybody was healthy and good to go. I do think a fair criticism to say is, hey, an older, physical, undersized point guard is going to struggle to stay healthy. I think that's a – I think, Tiff, there's a lot of criticism lobbed at Kyle. I think a lot of it's non-justified. If that's your criticism and if that's your concern, I think that's a 100% valid concern. You're just like, mm-hmm. that guy is a very physical, tough guy. And those guys undersized at his age tend to get hurt. And I'd, right. I'd agree with you. And I'd be like, that, yeah, that's a problem. And you're, bait, you're betting on his health. But mm-hmm. when he's healthy, I just think he provides so much. As we saw, they were the one seed right. and stuff like that. So I'd probably say no, but I did have to think about it because I think what Barnes provides is really, really like good, the good fit. Last thing on that, I think during that playoff run, we saw them unlock Jimmy at the four next to real shooting. And mm-hmm. that looked absolutely unstoppable. And yeah. when they can do that, that is just such a win for them. And and that included PJ not playing. You know, right, they would just right. put Jimmy at the four with a bunch of shooters. They survived defensively because Jimmy and Bam are amazing. And Jimmy was absolutely scoring at will. So that's another thing when you think of when you add like a big kind of a big market four man. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. What would you do? Would you want to make, would you do that trade? <sighs> I know you love your point guards, but I know that his age no. and his health are, are concerned. I know that's, if you, t I, if you told me, because at that point we're not getting another one, but if you told me that Gabe would be at the next level, like his play would just ratchet up to the next level for next season, I would definitely be close to doing that. But you would have to tell me that Gabe is like, all of his numbers are going to just go up his effort, like, which is going to be hard for his defensive effort to get any better than what it already is. He's at a but you would have an to hour already. Yeah. You, if you told me all those things could happen, I would think about it, but I like, see, but you brought up something that I like. I like Jimmy at the four. I know you can't, we can't do it full time. We're extended. Exactly. But I like Jimmy at the four. And I think you need Kyle for that because what you give up in size, he makes up in your backcourt. And as mm -hmm. a rebounder, as a guy who boxes out and stuff like that. So I've always liked the Kyle fit. And I think when they were clicking, that looked at its best. And obviously when he got hurt, you know, it it really, I mean, I, I think right. I even said it when he hurt his hamstring. I said, that's probably their season right there. Because, um, right. you know, you just cannot replace the way that they run their team without him. But that was an interesting, that was an interesting thought exercise. So my question to you now is, Okay. A lot of people want another big man to be on this team to play with Bam, particularly as a starter. And I think that's interesting mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons because people say that they don't want it for defense because I think everybody agrees that the defense is fine. They want it right. to help their offense, right? And what okay. I would say is I don't see how adding another center – makes Bam's offensive game better because what they need is to get Bam in rolling actions more because I don't right. think he's he's just not a a, a run-from-the-perimeter kind of guy at volume, I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong. And I think when you add another big man, you make that a little bit more difficult because now you're putting Bam in fewer screening options or you're just right. putting a big in the weak side, which could be good. But then on defense, because there's not a guy who's a really good and, defender and a yeah, good shooter. Yeah, that's going to that would have to change Spo's entire defensive scheme. And that those guys just tend to get run off the floor. Right. For, right. I mean, Al Horford who was as good as he was, you know, him and Rob at the end of the Warriors series could not exist on the court together cuz that's just how that goes, you know. So, I'm right. curious as you feel cuz I know that you you're somebody who really would appreciate the size and the toughness it would bring, but I'm kind of to the I, they need a wing next to Bam, not a right. big. But I'm curious as to what you think as got names like Christian Wood come off the board. Um, I mean his defense was atrocious, so I'm good. I'm cool on that. Um, <laughs> could you imagine him switching out on like a guard? Bro, no, Spoh I'm would good. Hate those guys. The Spoh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, you got to be a company man like Myers was, <laughs> right? Uh, oh, oh, uh, oh, is right. Oh. oh. I really personally think that um, I, I don't know a center right now that I'm just like, that's the guy. Um, I think I'm, I, I think they are small, but the funniest thing is, is that a lot of times they found themselves small under the basket is because of transition defense. Mm -hmm. 
Like they just stopped paying attention to detail. So by the time they got down the court, you had Max, Gabe, or Kyle on a center because they just weren't paying attention. So when, when it was time to match up, the guards always found themselves under the basket. So I feel like that's an, that's an easy fix. Um, but what I would like to see this season, like there's not really any bigs that I'm like, go get, go get. And I feel like let's not waste a trade asset on a big that Spoh's not going to want to play anyway. Like, like I just don't think that makes sense. Right, I just don't think it makes sense because looking at what Spo's done over his career, he doesn't want to play two bigs. So I know that, so I'm not even on that wagon. What I would like to see is, like I said, maybe throughout the season, I mean, and you and you know, you may have to lose a game or two here or there, but like I let me get some yurt minutes. Like let's let's let him get in, let him be the big. And if you feel like, you know, Bam might need a rest or let's say if PJ's back, he comes in and plays some of those minutes or whatever, but use what you already got. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to start your, because I, you know, he was, he was good when he started when Bam was out, but that Bam was out when they're together on the floor. It looks sluggish. It's cramped. Yeah. There's no, right. There's no space and he's still slow afoot. So these are things that he needs to work on. You know, he needs to work on getting a little bit quicker, making better decisions on the defensive end, moving laterally. Like, those are the things he needs to work on that I'm sure he'll work on in summer league, and then hopefully he'll get some minutes. And then, like I said, let let my guy come up and get a couple of minutes here or there, Harry Potter, and see what you got. Absolutely. I, I just don't – I don't think we need to be wasting picks on something that you know Spo doesn't want to work with in the first place. I think people also feel like having Bam as a help defender is better than him on the ball. And I just have not seen that. I mean, obviously, Bam's a good help defender, but I think Miami's strength is that. So if you put another big on the floor, that guy is typically going to probably be the one guarding screening actions. So now you're in a drop and you're just inviting pull-ups in a league where a lot of guys are really good at pull-ups. Right. <laughs> like, right. so you're, you're basically taking guys out of plays and you can load up on the ball like Miami does. But again, you're just at the end of the day, you're just giving them a, an easier target because right. now it's like if you have Bam, PJ and Jimmy, Kyle and Max on the floor, like your option to the weak link is Max. And I think we saw like Max held up his own. But for the for the right. run of the game, they're mostly going to screen with their centers because they need to involve their big men in their offenses. If not, they right. get helped off of. So, you know, you just you just kind of want Bam in those actions because they right. switch from a position of strength, not so much uh, out of weakness. Right. I just think your, your your chances are better of like like acquiring Bradley Bill than it is like uh, and DeAndre Ayton. Like you're not like Spo doesn't want anything to do with that. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. And I, so, I they they they've decided on what they want to do. I feel right, right with, with Chris Bosh. Right, and I also just think that like you you know. A, a, a complete summer with whomever's going to be on this roster. I think it'll do, it, it'll do the defense wonders. You know, you had, we had guys in and out. We had, you know, Vic played like eight games. So it was just kind of like weird. I mean, they rose above it, but it was still kind of weird how it all came together. So if you can get a complete off season with a complete roster, 
I think you'll be, you know, defensively, you're going to be fine because the head of the snake is still going to be there. You know, you're still going to have Jimmy. You're still going to have Bam. So if you got those two, I mean, hell, me and you could go out there. I mean, at times you they know? did. <laughs> exactly. Sam Mario Chalmers <laughs> off the street, for, for God's sake. <laughs> All right, Tiff, two quick hitters, and we get out of here. Yep. One, yep. what do you want them to do with Victor Oladipo this offseason? <sighs> They're kind of tight on I, cash. I know we are. I, I, I know we are. I think that uh, I want them to bring him back. 100%. Um, what if it comes know, at the expense of PJ? So this is how I feel about that. If you told me it, it, it comes at the expense of PJ and they add no one else. I'll give you a two I, for, I'll give you a two for one here because my second question yeah. was about Caleb Martin. What if okay. it? What if the choice was PJ or Caleb and Depot with whatever's left of the mid-level exception? Oh, uh, I'm easily giving it to Vic and Interesting. PJ. And I'm easily giving it to Vic and PJ. No, no, no. I'm saying Vic and Caleb or PJ. Oh, Vic and Caleb or PJ or PJ with those. So Vic and Vic and Caleb split the MLE, and and then and, PJ because they would not be. They'd be hard capped. Right, and we're not making any other moves. I that, I'm I'm just telling you, just in that vacuum, because I I don't know. In that vacuum, because <laughs> I I think I I ultimately think the decision with Vic and all the and and Caleb is, or at least with Vic specifically, is going to come down to that. Right. So this is going to sound real crazy. Ooh, I love it. But um, I feel like Pat got something up his sleeve. So, uh, you're going to go with the bodies. I'm I'm going to go with PJ. Oh, let's go. I love it. I love it. For some reason, I don't, I, for some reason, I think if that was something I had to do, I would have another ace. I would have another move to make because in reality, everybody wants that. Everybody wants a whale, which means you got to get your, you're, you're trading Duncan and you're probably trading Tyler, right? That's, yeah. that's the only way you can get what you need. Um, if I'm getting the well, then essentially I probably, I'm probably good without Vic anyway. Vic was a luxury last year that they ended up needing. Yeah. I don't think it should have ever, it it shouldn't have ever got to that, but the injuries made it so. Right. And he never had a chance to even get his body fully acclimated. I'm not going to lie, Tiff. I think throughout the run of the playoffs, I just think, I'm not sure how much better Vic was than Gabe, but I know that Vic was a little more trusted on offense than Gabe. And I, I think that that little subplot was interesting to me because I right. think obviously Vic is the higher end talent, but right. I just don't think that guy is who he is anymore, who he was anymore. And he'll have flashes, but I don't know if he could do that. And maybe listen, he played nine regular season games or something like that. So right. maybe with a full off season and a full season, he's going to look right. different. But, you know, I think there's a few question marks on Depot that I think are valid, but I, obviously he's an immense talent. It's the offense. Well, the offense is the question. and Because um, he's dynamic on defense and, in a very special way. Yeah, it's, it's the it's, offense. It's a two-way dynamicism. Right. 
but the offense is going to be the question, um, which is also kind of scary because if you resign him, you're resigning him based on like a hope that the offense can come back to somewhere where it used to be because that's what you're doing because you already know what you can get defensively. But if you bring him back, you're hoping that the offense can come somewhere close to what it used to be. Um, what it used to be in 2020. Yeah. Cause you have, you have, you have to like, cause if you're bringing him in, then you're not bringing in like a, a tier one score to help Jimmy. Like this is, you're bringing him back to be that scoring help. They've gone so away from what made that offense so good, which was just a lot of movements and handoffs. And then Jimmy attacking seems created by that. They've just gone to a much heavier, more traditional pick and roll with movement, like the movements right. off the pick and roll or the movement is to get into pick and roll rather when the movement used to be to get bam rolling and a shooter moving. Right. It's just, so, it's different. I, I don't, I, I think that's a really good point by you. And I don't, I don't know how they'd recreate kind of that level of success, but it, it's going to look different. Right. I love Vic. Um, I would like, and you know, and that's the sad thing because I would like to see him, PJ and Caleb back with the team, but realistically to get better, you have to say bye to some people like that's just, cause everyone's going to come business. back with a raise. Mm-hmm. So yep. you got to make decisions. Yeah, uh, you know, and I also kind of feel like all like none of this matters because we know what they need, but we don't. But I, I think the key question is what they think. What do they think of Tyler, and what do they think he'll be able to give us when the season returns? And as Pat Riley said, you, you got to earn it. We're not giving it to you, so that's the question. Like, do they think he can be that guy next to Jimmy? Yeah, I know he gave us 20 points off the bench. I know I don't like the phrase that he played starter minutes because that kind of convolutes actually what really happened. Like, he didn't play all his minutes against starters. You know, so people kind of use that, which to me it's kind of like you're fudging your bet a little bit. Like, he's a good player, but, like, is he that guy? We have no idea because he hasn't been available in key moments in the playoffs for us to know whether or not he's that guy. And it's hard to go off the rookie, the rookie year. Cause guys, you know, can he recreate that? He did it right. this year. You know, we saw him do it against the Celtics specifically in the bubble. And then now, you know, was total no show and then got hurt. Um, so yeah. After his best season. Yeah, so that's what it comes down to. Do we believe you can be that guy that catapults us to the finals next to Jimmy? Um, do we believe that you're going to come back and your defense is going to be good in such a way that you're going to win that starting spot? Because to me, if he's still on the team and he doesn't win that starting spot, that says something. I really think, and we talked about this a little on the timeline. I really think that if he asks, if he makes, if he makes a stink of it, he'll get it, which is probably not the and best thing in the world. And I think that's, and I think that's horrible. That says horrible things to the rest of the team, um, especially these guys who busted their ass and clearly probably outplayed him, but because he cried about it, he got the spot. Like. 
you know, like, let's be realistic what that looks like if we find oh, out that that's for the case. sure. I mean, I think he's obviously like, a, listen, I, it's not also it's not also the winning the spot thing. I mean, he's obviously like a better basketball player than Max. It's what's best for the construct of the but, team. And and that's what I say to you. So all he'll the time. He like, go, he'll outplay Max. Right. But and, does he play well? But see, it's not. And I keep telling people that it's not about him outplaying Max. It's that when they start doing those five-on-five five runs, how does he look with the starters? I don't even think it's that, Tiff. I just think they're better off. He's never going to be a plus defender. He's no. Well, not... we know, but we know that. Yeah. So even if he competes on defense, like he is who he is. I just think that the balance of ball handling to scoring with the starters makes more sense with him off. I think Max will right. always make more sense, even if Tyler indeed earns it. Like, because Tyler can walk in and earn it over Max. I mean, that's that's not the hard part. You know what I mean? It's right. is it the best thing for the team? And if he comes in well, and says, "Well, I, I outplayed this guy in camp and in preseason. I did everything you asked me to do. I should be the starter." Right. And if Spo is like, "I really don't think that's the best thing for the team," but what are we gonna do? Because he did. That would be a meritocracy of okay well he earned it and that's where i think it gets complicated and i i feel what you say because i i'm with you i just think it makes more sense for him to come off the bench but i also get him saying like i don't want to come off the bench i'm no i definitely i i appreciate guys that want to like no i want to start um but i will disagree with you and say we can't say hands down he'll go in and beat out max like we really I mean he has the talent to do it is what i'm saying but, it's like but, he should but he doesn't well if he, he doesn't does it, it's a problem but that's what I'm saying, G. No, like, I, yeah, no, I'm we know it. he can go put up 20 with his eyes closed. But there's two ends of the court, and that's the biggest problem. But there's is nothing he can do I, in my eyes to earn it over. And Max. that's the reason. And that's the reason why it all becomes weird. It's not an earning thing for me. It's a what's but best Pat's. For the... But but it's an earning thing for Pat. Pat said he needs to go in and earn it. I think and Pat he wants it. Says that as fanfare at the end of the day. Even if it's just fanfare, it's it does it should send a message to him that I need to work on this. You know, no, no we sure. don't yeah, think he's going to be great, but like, but it does say something. Like, he's already said I deserve it, which I don't agree with. That sounded like privilege. You don't deserve it. You the team deserves what's best for the team. I think he certainly but, deserves it. I think he's a good player. I, I don't think anybody deserves anything if. If you're coming out and just saying, I deserve it, I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to get into the gym and and hopefully things work out the way I think they should work out. You never go in and say, I deserve it. Because oh, if I, you deserved it, then you'd be a plus defender at the margins, at least. Like, I'm sorry. And like, he could turn around. You do say have that. to be he, fair. He, he could turn around and say, like, oh, it's not like Max is a stopper anyway. You know, what no, I mean? he's not. But but also Max didn't say I deserve it. Gabe didn't say I deserve more minutes like Sometimes it's okay to humble yourself, especially after you didn't look good against the Hawks and then you couldn't even stay healthy yet again. Like, it's okay to come in hat with your hat in your hand and be like, I got a lot of things to work on because you do. So right before we go, the Hawks are weighing a variety of scenarios as they pursue a John Collins trade in connection to Thursday's draft. The deal headlined by Collins and Sacramento's Harrison Barnes among Atlanta's prime options. Uh-oh, G. Mark Stein reported that. So... Oh, me is correct. Hopefully oh, tomorrow, Matt Harrison Barnes is not a hawk. Uh, you know, if Harry B's a hawk, the dream is dead. Riley's asleep at oh. the wheel. 
we go we, we go to to the FTX arena and we demand some goddamn change over here. Um, everybody, thank you so much for joining us today, Tiff. Thank you for thank for you. doing this with me tomorrow. Thank you for having me. The plan for draft night, guys. If you're listening to this tomorrow, or if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the plan for tomorrow's draft is a playback session. Uh, hang out with us while we watch the draft. Normally, we've done an annual stream for the draft. Uh, playback is really cool, so we want to use that platform to the best of our abilities. So uh, as of as of right now, as of Wednesday, June 22nd at 8.55 p.m. Eastern Time, the plan is to do a playback tomorrow. Barring some sort of change in logistics, that is the plan. So stay tuned uh, for that. Follow our Twitter account. Uh, earmark our playback. I'll put it in chat. Click that link, save that link. That's our playback room. Getplayback.com slash room slash Miami Heat Beat. Uh, and we'll see you there around. We haven't decided if we're going to do the whole draft or from fi pick 15 on, uh, you know, for the first round. We'll see. But, you know, stay tuned for updates on that. We will have the draft on the whole time anyway, so you could just go in and watch it on that platform. And uh, we will see you tomorrow and for the rest of our offseason coverage. Let's go, baby. New, new, the second season or the third season if the playoffs is the second season. Let's go.